Davi the Scapegoat here with Thomas Ryan Lawrence. Back again. You guys remember Thomas Ryan Lawrence from GBA Equality Foundation. You are the executive director of this wonderful organization that's helping LGBTQ plus youth get into the workplace comfortably, safely, and exactly as themselves, as their full authentic self. And I couldn't love that more. Thank you so much for bringing GBA Equality Foundation to Davi the Scapegoat and giving us the opportunity to have our first fundraising. We had it matched by a generous donor, and we raised over 10K, which is very exciting it for is, your organization. Yes. I love that that happened. I cannot happened. thank you and your listeners enough. It is, it is amazing. It's a grassroots nonprofit um, that it's just so helpful. So helpful, <laughs> and it's helping a lot of people, and uh, clearly the listeners felt a little something in their heart for it and they wanted to throw some money down, you can still use that link that we yes. were using before, mm-hmm. the bit.ly. Slash Davi Helps Queer Youth. Yes, and you can still use that or you can go to gbaequality.org yes. and you can donate from there with the donate button that's right on there in the front page. Um, so they'll take donations any time of year. Absolutely. You guys love that, right? We do, we yes. do. And we also love when people reach out and see if their corporations will match. Um, So we actually just got a check yesterday. We partner with an online service that uh, batches everything together and sends it to us once a month. So I know a couple of the listeners submitted for matching donations. So we just got a little surprise check in the mail yesterday. Oh, nice. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, the the gift giving just keeps on giving, doesn't it? (laughs) I love that. And you are such a gift to this podcast because it's an honor to have a real, legit entrepreneur, business owner, and an HR representative. Like, you got the experience. So you are coming in here and helping all of us understand what does a toxic workplace look like? And it looks many different ways you know sometimes it's disguised with a little mustache and a monocle and you don't you're (laughs) like give me the monies you don't realize that there's something nefarious going on in there but you've taught us about quiet quitting you've explained to me how maybe sometimes people get quiet fired um (laughs) things like that and you're helping the queer youth get into the business world i couldn't be happier to have you back because i'm so happy to be here we had you on last time and i had a lot of people go to davicrimmons.com slash contact or you could go to davithescapegoat.com and you'll see right up there at the top click contact you can get to us send me an email and a lot of people were reaching out because they had questions like i'm in a crazy place yeah i don't know if i should just look around and smell the flowers and appreciate what i have or is it really really that bad am i overreacting or is it that bad maybe thomas can tell me because maybe they for whatever reason feel like they can't talk to their company about it. Maybe their HR department isn't as open with the information as you are. So I had a lot of people reach out that have questions for you, and I'm so happy to have you back to answer those for them today because I'm definitely not the one to ask. (laughs) Because last time we were here, I was like, how do you tell your boss, don't fucking put me on these emails anymore, you don't need to CC me, and you were like, okay, first off, Mm -hmm. don't do that. I was like, see, this is why I shouldn't be advising people, and that's why you're I here. I greatly appreciate you keeping me in the loop on this very important matter. If I can be of assistance in any way, please reach out for further help. I love that. <laughs> why didn't I have you a couple years ago before I got all surly? All right, so let's kick it off. We have some people that have written us, and they're like, please keep it anonymous for obvious reasons. They're still in that job, and they don't want to be massacred. And we here at Dobby the Scapegoat are trying to help people 
be comfortable in their jobs, uh, just like GBA Equality Foundation. When we want everyone to be comfortable and happy and authentic, and we don't want anyone to get fired. So we're keeping people anonymous, but we have our first question. We'll call her Cynthia, and she's taking us from leaving a toxic boss to being the boss with the toxicity problem. So here we go. Hey guys, longtime fan, love the podcast, and I'm so happy for you. Okay, I'm writing to anonymously ask an HR question. I am an elder millennial employer who grew up in a toxic family, and I had a toxic boss for over a decade. Now that I am an employer, I am working very hard to create and maintain an inclusive, appropriate, non-toxic work environment with healthy boundaries, clear communication, good work-life balance for employees, and a good salary. Well, that just sounds too good to be true, right? <laughs> can that happen? It can. With there are a lot of awesome companies out there. No, I feel like I'd have to take a pay cut in order to get clear communication. <laughs> There's no way. And a work-life balance? Sickening. All right, Cynthia says, That said, the nature of our work requires us to work with someone who is incredibly toxic. I have no professional or other control over this person. We're not employed by the same company. We have no common HR department. There's no way to avoid them professionally. And they are a major bigwig at their own place of employment with decades of experience. I'm trying very hard to reduce that person's toxicity to my employees, but we have no choice but to be in a work environment with them. I have filed complaints. I've spoken to their colleagues. I've sought multiple means to de-escalate with this person, both directly and indirectly, over the course of the last four years. When everything is said and done, I'm repeatedly told that this person is too powerful, that they are who they are, and I should just deal with it and wait for them to retire in the next year or so. Wow. It seems everyone knows that they're toxic, but no one is powerful enough to do anything about it. So my question is this, how do I protect my employees from the toxic behavior of someone completely out of my control? Thanks, Cynthia. <laughs> Thanks, Cynthia, <laughs> super easy question. Uh, so many <laughs> levels. Come, it really is so many levels. So I'm, I'm gonna give my opinions, and, and first of all, I always like to clause that I am a certified HR professional. I am not an employment attorney, mm -mm. Um, so I talk about laws as they relate to my level of understanding of them. Um, but when we get really specific, I always recommend looping in an employment attorney as well. Um, we'll take this one more from a cultural standpoint. One question I, I wish I had the information or the answer for is if this employer, when they say they're an employer, are they an entrepreneur mm. or are they a senior leader in an organization? Um, so we'll kind of address it from both standpoints. Okay. This person definitely sounds like they have a history with toxic workplaces and just toxic people because they mentioned their family. So I always can appreciate that because um, they're better at identifying toxic behavior. So if this is a senior leader, um, they're in a very difficult spot because it sounds like they've done a lot of what we would recommend that they do, right? They've filed complaints, they've talked to the person directly, indirectly, um, and they're across the board being told that, well, there's really nothing else that we can do. So at that point, the best thing that you can do for your, for your staff and your team, if you really have no choice but to work with this person, is rather than trying to change that person's behavior, 
give your team some coaching and guidance on how to react to a toxic person. Mm. Um, there's lots of information out there online, lots of resources available through different HR organizations. Um, <clears throat> but it's one of the things, like, personally in my life, I work on in therapy is like, okay, this person has been who they are for 50, 60, 70 years. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change them. So the only thing I can control is how I react to them. Um, that is That would be my advice when you're in a situation where you can do nothing else. You've exhausted every other option, and you still want to work to protect your team. Mm -hmm. If you are the business owner or the entrepreneur, and you really want to protect your team, you need to fire that client. And I've been in that position as well. Um, I've had clients in the past, both consulting and, you know, at Gaberhood as, as advertisers that treated my staff in unacceptable ways, just a complete lack of respect. Mm. And we would non-renew them. I'm so sorry. We don't need your business that much. And go treat someone else this way. And this is after conversations of, hey, we don't appreciate the way that you're talking to our teams. We don't appreciate the tone of your emails. You cannot scream at people mm -hmm. like that. This is not a, a elementary school playground, you know. Um, and this was you taking it upon yourself, like, I noticed this, or did you have other employees come to you? No, 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 go, I would have staff members complain yeah. about the client. And you didn't for a second go, they are who they are. Or, no. Or this was one of my favorites is it is what it is. Yeah. He, he's just having a bad day. No, well, he needs to have a bad day and still be respectful. That's like 365 bad days. Right. <laughs> That's a lot of bad days. Well, and just because you're having a bad day does not give you the right to be disrespectful to other people. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't care how bad your day is. That means you need to go get some therapy mm -hmm. and some coping mechanisms to deal with adverse events in your life. Whether but it's personal, professional, you got a flat tire, don't make me feel like uh, an idiot and unworthy at doing my job because you got a flat tire. Yeah. Um, no projections, please. Yes. But generally with a major big wig, you are not going to be like, hey, buddy, have you thought about therapy? So right. like you said, it's all about your reactions to these people, which takes a lot of compartmentalizing from you, which probably isn't the healthiest. It mm -hmm. takes a lot of disassociation. It takes a lot of rising above and it's exhausting to always be the one, especially over the course of the last four years. That's yeah. a long time. You so know? what I see a lot, um, and it's okay, so just rereading the email, you know, person's toxic on their employees. We have no choice but to work with them. File complaints, spoken to colleagues, sought multiple de-escalations. So she, she did this, what she could. This person is clearly looking for attention, number one, mm -hmm. or trying to exert power. Yeah. And the best way to combat those two things is to not give them what they want. So I've been in situations where someone, I call it poking. Yeah. They know what to do to annoy me. Yeah. And the less, because they're poking me to get a reaction, right? Yeah. So by not giving them a reaction, and then if they keep poking, I just ignore it. Hmm. And go on about my day. And it will eventually stop the behavior or shift it to someone else. It, um, yeah. Which in some cases, you know, it's survival of the fittest. But if, you're, yeah. if, you give, if you can give your whole team that training. I don't know. Again, I don't know how large the team is. I don't know all the, the details around the example. That in itself sometimes can weigh on you. You're getting poked. You ignore it. You ignore it. And then it shifts to someone else. And people would ask me, like, 
how how could you work there for this long if it was like this? And I'm like, do you know how selfishly thankful I was when it would shift to someone else? Right. And that that person that wanted to advocate for myself but couldn't do it, mm-hmm. sh- she would want to advocate for that person as well, but she'd be like, oh, then it's going to boomerang right back. So, Which it will anyway. Yeah. I mean, when you're, <laughs> like, when you're dealing with a toxic person like that, what happens, it, I mean... I've been in those situations, too, where it's like you're sitting around a table with a team of five people, and you're like, okay, which one of us is going to be on the shit end of the stick today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck, everyone. Yeah. Who's on the short straw? Yeah. It know. was generally the same three people, Yep, and I was one of those. Yep. And I remember when it like happened one time to the golden child, if you will, and mm-hmm. we were all like, holy shit, it could... It could happen to her. Right. You know, and I think you now know, part of list. me, yeah, I wanted to fight. Like, this is, in, now that it's gotten this far, now that it's reached the golden child, no one's safe. You know, like, it almost made it more chaotic. But it's about your reaction. It's about your livelihood. It's about your job. So you want to keep your job. You want to keep your money. And Cynthia has so many employees underneath her that are counting on her. So... If they're not in a place to fire this client, it is all about how they react to them from now on and coaching your staff on how to wait it out for this person to retire. That's the best thing you can do if your primary concern, which hers is, is how do I protect my employees? Mm -hmm. I will say this. I am at a stage in my life and my career where, one, I recognize the privilege that I have and the opportunities that I've had. Um, my approach would be different. I am going to put my mental health first. Okay. Because I spent so many years taking care of everybody around me and not myself. Yeah. Um, that for me, I, as a leader, if, because again, what it sounds like is this person's in a managerial role, not that entrepreneurial role. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, I went to my superiors and said, this is not, this person is toxic to my team. It's toxic to the environment, and they were not willing to take the steps to say, okay, well, then we're going to stop working with them as a client. I personally would find another job. Mm. I'm, again, recognizing that I have privilege and means and abilities that not everyone out there has. Um, so those are the various different routes that can be taken. But um, recognizing the impact that sometimes quote, doing the right thing or, quote, being there for your team can Mm -hmm. have on your own mental health is important. Mm -hmm. Because at least if you recognize it, then you can make a decision of, am I willing to go through this for my team? And, you know, I highly recommend talking to someone externally about that. It's I've been a huge proponent of weekly therapy for a very long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And especially if you're in a toxic workplace, it was the funniest thing is I started going to therapy because... Because I went to work, you know, years ago and was like, something happened at an event with one of the employees and they were in the Uber line, like talking mad shit. And they did not know that my sisters were in the Uber line next to them. <laughs> so uh, they they Never let it go on for a little while and then they tapped her on the shoulder and they said, hey, we're Davi's sisters. You work with her? Cool. So nice to meet you. And man, I was, I wish I was there for the face sink, you know, and all of that. But um, I went and was like, here, this happened. And I literally called a meeting because I just started working with this company. And I said, is this the vibe here? Mm -hmm. You know, like, because if it is, that's fine. 
Um, I'm doing a job for you guys right now temporarily, and I just want to know like, if this is the vibe, if this is the, the attitude of employees here, I just, just let me know now. They said, have you ever thought about going to therapy? And I was like, I mean, yeah, but like for shit, my parents have done, right. you know, <laughs> like I guess the normal thing. I'm like, yeah. okay, so everybody here is in therapy and on antidepressants and no, just the women. <laughs> I was like, oh, that should tell you something. <laughs> so I was like, cool, I guess I'll try it. I started going to therapy and it was so funny because every week be like, man, I'm really glad that my toxic workplace suggested therapy so I could deal with my toxic workplace right. or else I would have been gone a long time ago. And I think of myself as a very resilient person, mm -hmm. um, which I hope Cynthia is as well because she's going to have to do a lot yeah. to acclimate everybody to this kind of atmosphere. Yep. And that sucks for you and it sucks for them. But if you love the job and you love the product and what you're doing and you just have this one person that's trying to make it kind of suck, um, that almost sounds too good to be true. If you just got yeah. the one person, then it's like you're well, you so work small. to distance yourself as much as possible. Yeah. You know, see... How can I convert in-person meetings to either Zoom or phone calls, mm. emails? Let's Zoom start emailing help. more. Yeah. Zoom helps. And especially with um, people like that that are either looking for attention or power, a lot of times you can use that to your advantage. So okay. sending an email along the lines of, I know how busy your schedule is because they say they this person's a bigwig. Yeah. I understand as basically the bigwig that you are, you're so busy. So I wanted to send you a recap in advance of our meeting. If you'd prefer we turn it into a phone call, I'm open to that. Yeah. And really just try to distance yourself and limit the interactions if that's if that's all you can do. But So there are boundaries you can put up at work with you can try. without being yeah. yeah, if they disrespect them then that's just another thing you're going to have to Right. reason and and Yeah, I mean and look Cynthia's saying she's, she's been directly and indirectly over the course of the last four years trying to address it. So I don't know how else for, like, to me, when I hear I directly address it with the person, that that's the equivalent of me sitting down with you and saying, Dobby, I don't appreciate it when you say this and this and this to me. And I don't appreciate it when you treat my team like this, this, and this, and I need it to stop. And if you blatantly Direct. ignore that, yeah. I don't have a lot of other yeah, options. Not... But what a lot of people won't do is they won't have that conversation. Yeah. Because they're afraid. It is. It's it's scary. Yeah. Like you're anticipating they're going to respond poorly. And then it's my job to not respond poorly to that. But mm -hmm. if they it's so egregious, like how how do I control my reaction when in real time this person does not they see everyone else as subhuman and not worthy of respecting boundaries. Yeah. So that's tough. And I get a lot of people that write me and they're like, I feel like I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Like there's nothing I can do. I'm stuck. So for that kind of person, do you believe anybody's ever stuck in their job? No. Um, I believe that we make choices based on fear, mm. right? So yeah. if we're afraid to go out and look for something else, then yeah, we're going to be stuck. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to take that leap of faith to say, I have no other options mm -hmm. and I'm stuck. I feel like that's a lack of accountability. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of times that lack of accountability comes from fear. Mm -hmm. So you have to make the decision. It's it's almost like being in a bad marriage. Yes. You know, do you want to... put off every day. Yep. You've either them. accepted the fact that you're going to stay in a bad marriage and be unhappy, or you take the leap of faith and you leave your spouse. Mm -hmm. So... Like every time you go, we were in a recession, I couldn't look for another job. We were in a pandemic, no one was... Ha I know 
that's the case, but it also is another excuse. So when I was doing that, I was making excuses mm-hmm. and saying, we're stuck. There's no like, there's no jobs for musicians right now because the world is shut down. So my husband is out of work and I am stuck. Yeah. I cannot find another job right now. I can't. Yeah, even it's not look. like you could have gone on yeah. tour. No, nope. <laughs> he couldn't go on tour, and you know I was the only one working for a household. So I sat there going, "I'm stuck." And even if I started putting out feelers for the job, people talk so much in this industry that they would tell on me, and then I would. Most be industries are like so that, screwed. believe it or not. It's, I know it's that's very what's scary. small. I have a consulting client that I'm working with right now that um, I just realized that industry is way too s- small for me to say anything specific about it but it's the same thing if, if it were to get out um then you could lose bad. your job yeah yeah so i think that's another reason people go i'm stuck because if i even start trying to better my situation if i take accountability that i'm not stuck and i try to move on it could go right back around and bite me in the ass it could but if you so in my opinion if you sit there and you look we all have goals that we want to achieve mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that we can act on them all today mm-hmm. right so if you realize that you are in a toxic workplace and you no longer want to be there, and let's say you have some of those challenges that you just mentioned, okay, there's a pandemic going on. So now's not the right time, but you start a plan, okay? So I'm going to update my resume so that when the pandemic is over and when people are hiring again, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm going to watch online courses about how to interview because I haven't interviewed in a decade, and I want to be able to crush it when I get an opportunity. So there are th- those little things that you can do to start to prepare yourself. And in that sense, you're also giving yourself some hope, mm-hmm. right? You're building up your confidence and saying, I'm getting ready for this for when the time is right. Mm-hmm. And when I decide that I'm ready to pull the trigger or I just can't effing take it anymore, then my resume's done. I've been doing interview prep. I've researched companies that I want to work for. So I'm watching to see if they've got open jobs and open positions. So there's a lot that you can do without taking the actual leap off of the diving board. That's true. And I'm I'm grateful that I just happened to, while going, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. I just happened to make some really good friendships with people in different industries and then working with them in film and production and editing. I'm like, Oh, I made these relationships. And then when I was fired, they all texted me like, what the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> right. we started listening to that show because of you. Yeah. We're glad you're out of there. And now you got more hours to work with that kind of thing. So yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I thought I really um, cornered myself. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I really was stuck and I cornered myself. But I'm thankful that I built up my confidence during that time by forging these other relationships that yeah. I desperately needed when everything hit. So, yeah, I think... Maybe don't tell your employees, Cynthia, to start looking for other things. (laughs) Yeah. But definitely have like a little um, heart to heart with, would this be like a group thing or would she want to talk to each of them one on one? Here's how we deal with this person. If it has been a well-established problem, and I'm assuming that this team, just going off of how I I know teams to work in a variety of industries are probably anywhere between five and 25 people. Mm -hmm. Um, I would do it as a group. Okay. And say, you know. Save your breath. Yeah. One message. (laughs) Hey team, we all know this is a problem. Mm -hmm. Here's what I've done to try and resolve it or fix it or make it better. Here's what we're being told so that we're all on the same page. And then everybody has their questions. Yep. So everybody hears questions, answers. So they, there's I'm no more here. questions. My goal is to make sure 
that all of you are working in the least toxic environment as possible mm-hmm. with the roadblocks and barriers that are being put in front of us. Love it. So now let's talk about coping skills. Yes. And how to interact with this client in a way that, you know, doesn't make us all want to go crazy. And then what about when the bigwigs find out that you had a little meeting with everybody about them? Does that make you the toxic employee? Um, <laughs> like, I is would... that workplace gossip? Well, no, absolutely That's not. That's a managing. So if we're talking about, like, when you say bigwigs, the people above me or the client? The people above Cynthia, if they were like, yeah. you had a whole group meeting sure did. to talk about us. and No, and, not to talk about you. Yeah. No, not at all. The, Our conversation client. was about dealing with the toxic client mm-hmm. that I've asked you time and time and time again to rein in. Oh, I see. But you're not willing to do that. And you're telling me just to have my team continue to be disrespected and berated and harassed until mm. they retire in a couple years. Got it. So rather than having my entire team go out and find new employment... I'm giving them coping mechanisms to deal with the client that you won't deal with so that you don't lose profit. Well, I am trying so hard to make you the scapegoat of this company right now so we don't have to lose this. Could you not answer so eloquently and beautiful, please? You're making this very hard because what what's the saying? Misery loves company. This yes. company. We want you to be miserable here. Where are you going? Why are you leaving? All right. It's, it's one of those things that, I mean, Cynthia has done, again, everything that she can. So and that's that's one of the things that really gets my goat mm-hmm. from an HR perspective and a leadership perspective that when someone on your team brings you a problem and as a leader you are unwilling to take action, not unable, mm-hmm. but unwilling to take action to put your people first, you don't need to be in a leadership role anymore. Yeah. I, so. I agree. All right, Cynthia, I hope that helped you. And yes. I will, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for her to write us back and hopefully give us a good update. Uh, oh my gosh, I would love an update, I, Cynthia. I love updates from these. Yes. And you can donate to GBA Equality Foundation. You can go to bit.ly slash Davi Helps Queer Youth. Yep. And that link will always be available to donate to. Or you could donate directly at gbaequality.org. That's a direct donation. There's a link right there on the page to give them a donation. And, of course, if you can volunteer some time, they're always looking for helpers. We are. You can email me directly, thomas at gbaequality.org. Thank you again for being with us today, Thomas Ryan Lawrence. I always love having you in. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a blast. And I can't wait to get some more questions to davithescapegoat.com. Go to contact and say, hey, Thomas. You know, just put the subject, hey, Thomas, and I will save all of these, and we will have Thomas back to answer all your questions. Remember you'll think twice before you try to eat